0: get started learn more about high yield cash accounts at betterment.com investing involves risk performance is not guaranteed cash reserve offered through betterment llc and betterment securities betterment is not a bank if you've ever been in the market for a new home you know home shopping can be a lot there's so much you don't know and so much you need to know what are the neighborhoods like what are the schools like who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is St. Patrick's Day. It is Wednesday, March 17th which is a very special day in our family because it's one of my nieces' birthday. And um, I remember when she was really little, my father used to say to her, we're throwing a big party for you in New York City. And so it was very exciting to her that that was all happening. So happy birthday, Emmy, and happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody else. Mark, you know what I'm going to make for St. Patrick's Day? You betcha, gonna make a little corned beef and cabbage in my Instant Pot. Going for it, I'm going for it. So I'm excited for that. What are you excited about? Are you excited about asking us your financial questions? If so, send us an email. It's so easy. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on the website, because maybe you're signing up for our free weekly newsletter or maybe you're buying my book or whatever you're doing, or subscribing to the podcast, whatever, you might have something go on in your brain. You might oh, I have a question. Well, don't worry. You don't have to remember the email. There's a contact button right there. So check it out, jillonmoney.com. That's the website. And yes, there's a contact button for us. Okay, let's do some emails. Ready, Mark? This is a question from John. Okay, here we go. My wife and I are in our late 50s our hope was is that I would be able to retire at 62 after working for 40 years in the communications industry. We were originally going to write you and say, I'm looking to retire at 62, my wife at 65. Here's what we're saving annually, how our assets are allocated. Are we okay? But then I was offered an early retirement, starts next month. Oh boy. Okay. So John is 58 years old and and he's looking at taking some a few months off, then get a new job. So that's kind of cool. He's nervous because he's 58. And he doesn't know if he's going to be able to find a job. His wife will look to work until she's 65. She loves her job. And she can cover their health insurance, which is fantastic. They make, he makes 200 right now. She makes 40. But again, his salary only in, in effect for another year and a half. And then he's going to get a $100,000 performance bonus at the end of the month. Hmm. All right, here's what they got. They got 10 grand in cash savings, an emergency fund with 150,000, taxable brokerage account, 220,000, retirement accounts, 2.3 million, 220 grand in a Roth. And um, he's, let's see, he's about 70 30, 70 stock, 30 bond. He says, I'm going to transition to 60 40 over the next year. Okay, that seems good. He's got $1.2 million of life insurance through work, but he'll lose that and he'll let that lapse when he's done. His wife, uh, let's see, has 300 grand, which is done this year and she won't renew. Okay. Was planning to purchase a long-term care hybrid policy with a death benefit to cover life insurance needs in retirement. So I feel okay about letting my work life insurance policy end. I don't know if you need that, but let's, I, I doubt you need that as a matter of fact, They've got 100 grand in, 105,000 in HSAs. He was maxing out the 401k and uh, had a big match. He uh, also was maxing out an HSA. Of course, that's going to end when he's done. He's got an IRA. He's also maxing out. I presume he's doing a non deductible IRA. Wife will continue to max out her 401k and IRA. Primary home worth 700 grand, $360,000 mortgage. They're going to sell. All right. They look to clear 300 grand after their close. 200 will be added to the brokerage account. And look at this. They own a vacation home and then are going to move there full time after the sale of the primary residence. And the value of that home is 500 grand. No other debt. Three kids, two out of college and out of the house, youngest in college with a 529 plan that is funding the balance of the undergraduate degree. Year and a half of pay is coming, right? We got to bonus, two years of healthcare. How are we looking? So he says, I felt confident when I knew I would be working for four more years and maxing out retirement savings. I lost both of my parents just as they were ready to retire. Oh gosh, that's a quite a cloud. He doesn't have a so look, here's the thing. He's feeling anxiety because he really, you know, does want to work. So the good news is that you appear to be in very good shape. The problem is that the reason why I think you need to work is not just for your emotions, but you know, it would be very good for you to be able to work and not dip into your accounts. The one thing you don't tell us is how much money you need to live on. What do I mean by that? I mean that, okay, you sell your primary, but you still have to support yourselves. You will have your health insurance covered. That's great. But you still have to go, you know, you got to eat. You still have to pay your property taxes, keep the house up, all that. You're going to have money in cash. That's good. So what I'm hopeful is that when you get all the money that comes in, obviously you said you're going to get paid for another year and a half. So that takes you to 59 and a half. But what would be nice is that if you never had to touch any of the, the taxable accounts until you really are ready to downshift pretty dramatically. So, if you could get a job even for a minimal amount of money just to keep the cash flow going, I think it's great. I think your pack your retirement looks just fine. And I don't know if I would get a long-term care policy. I don't know if it's worth it for you guys. You've got a bunch of money saved. It seems to me you're in good shape. Oh, meanwhile, here's another John who says, the subject early retire and loving it, should we take out a mortgage? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that people are happy. I, that, I I have to say, like the previous question, I have great fear of not having income. I mean, there would have to be such a huge pile of money to I don't know. There's just it's very difficult for me. Which sometimes, by the way, I, I let spill out on you guys. So you guys may be emotionally ready. I'm not for you. <laughs> So take that with a grain of salt. Okay, uh, dear Jill and Mark, I've been an avid listener of the show since I discovered it last fall. Thanks for taking my question. My wife and I are 56 and 55 respectively. We put in 30 plus years in well-paying jobs in New York City area. She's an attorney, I'm in PR. We called it quits in 2019. We moved west to Oregon. We've been loving it despite the pandemic. Okay, they got a net worth 4.3 million bucks. It includes their home. They own the home outright, no debt. So uh, the home is at 700,000. They've got pre-tax retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, two and a half million, most in a low fee advisory account with Vanguard. Fantastic. Then they've got another million dollars in a post-tax investment account split between Vanguard and UBS. He inherited the latter, actively managed from his parents. The game plan has been to live on about 150 grand a year, including taxes. I'm confident that the amount of money we'd have saved. We'll see us through at least until we are hundred. If we're lucky enough to live that long, who says you'd be lucky? That seems like too long to me, Mark. I want to just tell you that 88 is my golden age. I think that's the time where I want to take the big exit. That's when I will take my bow and my curtsy and I'll be out of here. Yeah. 80, Mark says 85. You, Unfortunately for you, I think you've got very good genes, Mark. Don't you have that grandmother? How old is she? Oh, he's got a 96 year old grandmother. So you got some good genes there and you're very fit. I think you're looking into your nineties at least. Okay. Let's get back to John. Two kids require another couple of years of help with college and grad school. They're going to cover that, which is not included in all the money he's given us. He says, we're going to live mostly off the money in taxable accounts until we hit age 62, 63. Then we're going to draw from our retirement accounts. We'll take social security at 70. We'll get max benefit. And then they'll draw more slowly. When we bought our current house, I thought about taking out a mortgage to maintain more liquidity and find better returns outside the housing market. We were advised by our realtor that an all-cash offer would be better received. So that's what we did. Question, should we take out a mortgage now? I'm thinking maybe a three to $400,000 mortgage might make sense. What do you think? Should we aim for a 15 or a 30-year that would free up some cash to help us make the bridge to Social Security without having to raid the retirement account too early? Plan to live in the house for another 10 years, at which point we'll move someplace warmer. Did he send us a picture of his pooch or not? Uh, send us a picture of your pooch. Just send it to Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. I like the idea of having liquidity, but the idea that you're only there for 10 years sort of gives me pause. That's the only part of this, but I get it because you have, you know, you do have most of your money in retirement, but you got a million bucks. That's saved. I might look into a 10 or a 15 year mortgage. Let's look at a 15 year mortgage and see what the rates are. I mean, rates have ticked up, but it's not huge. And I wouldn't mind you having a little extra cash to get you through your age 70 and prevent you from taking money out. Although, you know, probably you're going to have to start taking this money out and it's going to cause some tax situation for you. But you know what? I would look into it. It really depends on the cost of it. And to see just how much it will cost you to do this. And if you're really set on 10 years, then keep the term 15 at the most. Wendy wants to know if she's saving enough. Uh, She says, I've recently heard about the concept of dying with zero, which, by the way, is a great concept if you know exactly when you're going to die. But if you don't know when you're going to die, it's not so hot. Okay, she's 40 years old. She's divorced, single, no plans to have kids. Wants to meet someone to share her life with. She makes 120 grand plus bonus. She's got a pension. Mm, That's nice. 520 grand in a 401k, about 15% of it Roth, six months in cash, $400,000 in non-retirement investments. Should I focus more on experiences now while I can and have the flexibility to travel and work remotely? I love my work. I plan to retire at 70. No dog pics, but I do ride a Peloton. (laughs) Look, Wendy, I get that you, you know, if you run your retirement numbers and they look good, for example, if you say to me that with your pension plus social security, you'll cover most of your needs, then yeah, sure. I mean, you got, you have almost a million bucks saved already and you're 40, but I don't know if, I don't know if you're done saving and life is very strange. You don't know what kind of expenses could come up in the future. I'd run through some retirement planning calculators and I'd see what the numbers look like and, um, the idea of dying with zero is all well and good again, but is that really what you're how most? I don't think most of us can live like that. Sounds like you're on the right track. That's what I can say. Got to run some numbers. All right. Michael says Hi, Jill and Mark. I'm thinking about doing a backdoor Roth. You mentioned on your show a couple of weeks ago to reach out if someone was considering doing this. He and his wife are 35. They got a couple kids, seven and three. They're employees at small to mid sized privately owned uh, organizations. He makes 170 grand. She makes 150 grand. They've got about 100 to 150 each in their 401ks. They put 10% into them, into those 401ks. Emergency fund of 80 grand. Bitcoin, 30 grand. He says Bitcoin and other fun stuff. 50 grand in a 529 plan. My wife has $34,000 in student loans. I owe 17 grand for home improvements. No interest due until the end of this year. They live in an expensive suburb of New York. I have two questions, but I would be willing for Jill to bad cop anything in my financial life. Backdoor Roth. Should we do it and how to do it? You want them to do a backdoor Roth mark or not? I don't think that you have to do it either. Um, I don't think you should do it. I think you both need to make sure you're maxing out your 401ks because if you're only putting 10% in, you're not there yet. Funny. You know, you can put 19500 I want those maxed out. That's number one, okay? Then with other cash flow, because, you know, you have money in cash. That's all well and good, but you're not going to – I know you're not going to sell your Bitcoin. Your emergency fund is your emergency fund. I don't want you to burn up your liquidity, you know, throwing money into a backdoor Roth right now. See if maybe over time your your employer introduces a Roth 401k, but I think do what you're doing now. What's with the student loans? Let's get, let's get going here. Okay. Second question is, so backdoor Roth, I don't know. If, if you wanted to do a backdoor Roth, the way you do your backdoor Roth is you make a non-deductible contribution into an IRA, a traditional IRA, and you would then immediately convert it into a Roth. But it's just not going to add up to huge money. And please, just max out the 401ks first. Let's do that and then go from there. So maybe here's what I would say. Max out the 401ks, pay down the student loans. You got to pay down the home improvements. And then let's reassess that okay? They just refinanced their house. Check this out, Mark. Five years ago, they bought it for 490 grand and it just got appraised five years later for 645. Oh, they're pulling out 85 grand. What to do with the money? Pay off the student loans and home improvements, but I don't have to do that right now. I'd like to let the 85 grand ride on doggy coin. Um, Okay. So for the 85 grand, yeah, you're going to pay off the student loans and the home improvements. And I know you don't have to do that now. So just pop that into whatever that is. So let's put that uh, $55,000 of that into a six-month CD. I think that's fine. You could do that or just go into a high-yield savings account or a money market. Okay, so now you got extra thirty. Then maybe I would do a backdoor Rothmark. Why not? Because they're going to have this extra thirty grand for this year. I don't know with the other fun stuff, if you actually just have a taxable account somewhere. If you do, at that organization, you're going to open up a non-deductible IRA account. You're going to put in the money that you can put in for this year, which is $6,000 each. And you're going to immediately convert it into a Roth IRA. And the brokerage firm can help you through it. That is actually not a terrible idea now that you've, I know you've got the cash flow to do it. And we can make a decision about after you've maxed out your retirement accounts, if you have the cash flow to keep doing that next year. I presume because you've got kids that you've got your estate plan. I presume you've got your nice, cheap term life insurance. Just hoping you're doing that. All right. Melissa says... I just listened to your podcast this morning and I was inspired to reach out. I'm married with two girls. We live in Orange County, California. Okay, we're homeowners. We borrowed money to purchase our home. My husband owes about $170,000 in student loans. (laughs) Unfortunately, he didn't make the best choices when deciding on the loans. Part of them, part of those loans are private and they are the bane of my existence. I need advice. What's the best thing to do to pay them off? I read that we should make two payments a month. He does try to refinance. I hate them. They got to go into forbearance on their mortgage cuz she got furloughed. I hear you, Melissa. I'm sorry for you. This is a bad this is a bad story, Mark. So, here's what I think you need to do. First of all, take a deep breath, Melissa. Number 1, you don't have to worry about making your money grow right now. Just calm down. The first thing you need to do is get a game plan together for these loans. So that what that means is When you go back to work, you're going to look at refinancing your mortgage and those student loans, okay? I don't think you'll be penalized because honestly, there's so many people in your same case. So when you get back to work, all you have to think about, you just have to think about how can I refinance my mortgage and how can I refinance these student loans? And that's it. That's it. Don't worry about how you're going to be investing. Once you get those two things done, you're going to create a cash flow. You're going to see how the money's coming in, how it's going out. And then what you're going to try to figure out is how you can start squirreling away a little bit of money into retirement. But that's it. Your number one job is a refi. Okay. (sighs) That's it for the show. Lots of different kinds of uh, folks today. So I, I, I like it. Big range. It's been a great show, Mark. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks to you for listening. As always, we like to remind you to wash your hands, to wear your masks, to maintain your physical distancing, please, and do something for someone else today. It really will make you feel better, I promise. It will make them feel better. Thank you for listening. And Mark, grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow.